listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. On this night before Thanksgiving 2019, Arizona State football fans have much to be thankful for like their Sun Devils' terrific performance this past Saturday night when ASU knocked off the nation's sixth-ranked team before a national television audience. They're also thankful that last week's win over Oregon made the Sun Devils bowl eligible for the third straight year and ninth time in the last ten years. And they can also give thanks for the fact that on this coming Saturday night, they'll get to witness the 93rd renewal of what one college football publication recently called the best, most intense rivalry in the nation when the Arizona Wildcats pay a visit to Tempe. To say the least, there's no shortage of conversation topics this evening as we invite you to join us for the next hour for our final edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light for the 2019 season. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils, alongside of Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our weekly show in which Sun Devil football is the subject up for discussion. We're broadcasting live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. The Lodge on First and Farmer in Tempe has for the last two seasons been our weekly home for Coach Edwards' radio show. Come join us if you're in the area this evening. Enjoy great food, great beverages, and some terrific Sun Devil football talk. Our guests tonight include two veteran members of the ASU defensive unit who also happen to be local products, junior cornerback Chase Lucas from Chandler High School and sixth-year senior Tillman safety Tyler Wiley, an alum of Chaparral High in Scottsdale, will be by shortly. Also joining us tonight, the man whose job it is to get the Sun Devil players physically ready to perform to their maximum capabilities all season long, second-year ASU football head sports performance coach Joe Connolly will join us this evening. Now, a reminder, we will be airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live on, fa- on Facebook Live tonight for fans who can't join us down here at the Lodge. You can check out the live stream of the show by turning to the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. We're ready to rock and roll. This show's formatted in quarters just like a football game, so let's begin the first quarter of tonight's final show of the year. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. First quarter. Always a delight to welcome in head coach Herm Edwards to the show. Herm, good to see you. It's been fun working with you again these last two years. This show has been one of the most enjoyable experiences in my 46 years in broadcast. Well, it's been a lot of fun, and obviously we got a nice turnout tonight. Every time Ray and his beautiful wife Buffy show up, you know, people come to this event. People so flock I'm, I'm here, trying to they? get them to come every week, you know, just yes. so they can we can have this great fan base. But um, obviously it's been a nice turnout every every Thursday night. This happened to be on a, on a Wednesday right. Right, because of Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. uh I'd like to say this, too, about our players. Uh, Monday, uh, we gave them off, and, and they went uh, and helped the food bank serving people in, in the community. Awesome. Yeah. So that says something about our players. And, and, and what, we, what we try to uh, em, em, embrace as far as student athletes being in the community, mm-hmm. along with being students as well, sometimes we forget that. They, they, they put football uniforms on, basketball uniforms on, I think they're athletes. Well, they're more right. than that. Yep. They're the embodiment of what this program is trying to build mm-hmm. on, on all aspects of sports. 
whether it's basketball, football, baseball, they understand they have to be a part of our community, and our guys did a great job going out and serving the community. Well, it's one of the mottos of our athletic department, yes. Sun Devil Serve, and I mm-hmm. think your guys uh, embodied that uh, beautifully on uh, Monday. Boy, what an exciting Thanksgiving weekend for your team and your fan base, Herm. You're getting ready to defend the Territorial Cup against your arch rival. You're playing them at home for the first time in your coaching tenure here, doing all that while riding a wave of momentum from what I think was win in your two years here it was a lot of fun um when you think about what these guys have accomplished a young football team um they've beaten three ranked opponents all in one season uh, someone told me a stat today that we've played uh we've played nine ranked teams in the last two years and we're five and four mm-hmm. so that says a lot about the kids and obviously the coaches what they've done and and it, it was a yeoman's effort uh, last saturday night yeah and i think everybody viewed it um our players going into that game, there was a sense of we can beat these guys. And uh, they needed to play well, and, and they did. It got inter- interesting at the end, mm-hmm. you know, sure which, did. Which, which all good teams do. You know, they're a good football team. We, we ended up holding them off. But um, they had a sense of they were tired of losing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, when you lose for a month and you lose the way we had lost tight games, I, and I challenged them. I said, hey, after a while, you're going to get tired of this. You have to win a game. That was a pretty good one to win, by the way. Yeah, yeah. national television. Yeah, good. Yeah. As I told my friends this week, that was big boys TV. It was ABC. It was uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Maria Taylor, the A crew. Uh, everybody in the nation saw that game, and your team looked great in their uniforms in the maroon monsoon, and they played terrific against a quality opponent. You couldn't have asked for a better uh, three or four hours to uh, spread the message of ASU football. And the atmosphere was great. I mean, the light show that uh, obviously they had been planning for so long, but we played all these day games. They finally got a night game. And, I was and, talking to Antonio Pierce, yeah. and I said, what was your best good. memory of the game? I thought he was going to talk about the, you know, how the kids performed. He said, love that light show, right, The players did, too. The light show was awesome. <laughs> it was a light show. I said, where's the light show been for the last seven weeks? Oh, we start playing all these night games. We have nice light shows. The players get all excited. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. What were your, outside of the light show, what were your best memories, your biggest takeaways from that game? Well, I think the way we got off uh, and the plan that, that we had uh, offensively and defensively, we wanted to, to muddy the game up. Uh, this was an opponent. Uh, in the first half, they outscored their opponents 188-86. to 86. And so by halftime, they had a big lead and forced you into doing some things offensively that is very difficult, playing against a good defense, uh, 17 interceptions, 32 sacks. We didn't want to get into that game, so we muddied it up. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like, okay, we're going to take time off the clock, and we're not going to turn the ball over, and it's 10-7. to 7. And going into halftime, I'm going, we're good right now because yeah. this is the kind of games we played. Look, we played in seven games earlier this season, one-score games. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like we're comfortable when it's uncomfortable. I was going to gonna say, at some, at some point your guys are, yeah. uh, are doing just that. And, and, and so we continue to play the game, and, and then – you know, and the fourth quarter arrives, and it's 24 to, I guess, seven with eight minutes left. And at that point, you know, I walk over to the offense. I say, look, all we need is you make three first downs, and this thing's over. You know, you know they just, just keep making three first downs in this series, and mm-hmm. we'll get the clock down. And, well, yeah. that didn't happen. No. And then no. all of a sudden, it became a, a kind of one of those games where I'm going, whoa, boy, they're scoring really fast right now. Yep. But at the end, you know, we, we, we held them off, and the defense got off the field, and the offense, when we got within the two minutes, we, we managed the clock correctly, and – and got off with a with a heck of a win for us. Needed a big first down at the yeah. end, and Eno yeah. got it for you, That's and right. uh, off you go to the winner's circle. And 
Your defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez, talking to the media today, had a great phrase. He referred to Jaden Daniels as a, quote, generational quarterback. And I think we got a big old eyeful, and so did most of America. Why, on Saturday night, when Jaden threw for 408 yards, third most ever by an ASU freshman quarterback, three touchdown passes, including throwing an 81-yarder on third and 16 late in the game when you're trying to hold off Oregon's rally, and Jaden this week named the Walter Camp National Offensive Player of the Week and the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week and Freshman of the Week. Yeah, well-deserved. And what he's been able to accomplish, when you think about it, um, you know, he's beaten three ranked football teams, and two of them had to be on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Michigan State, and it was the last drive yep. of the game. For, and a fourth-quarter comeback right. at Cal. Same way at Cal, and then this one. You know, we've got to make a play and when it's third and 16, and – he throws one to Ayuk down the boundary and catches it, and we go in and score, and that's, you know, that was the momentum. But there was a lot of – there was plays before that that took place. The big stop by the defense, fourth and one. That was that a was huge, huge play. That big, big play now. That's, that, that's a big play. That yeah. and the two interceptions on successive wow. uh, possessions yeah. in the third quarter, I thought was uh, – or in the fourth quarter, I should say, was huge as well. Yeah, and it's kind of ironic because the whole week, um, you know, Jaden always comes to my office and we talk a lot, and – I was walking down the tunnel with him before the game started. I said, hey, big fellow. I said, national television, they got a really good quarterback over there. He's probably going to get drafted in the first round. Who's going to be the best quarterback today? And I looked at him. He looked at me. He said, coach, I said, I'm just saying, you got a stage. Go, go take the stage. Mm-hmm. Go, go take the stage. Go do it. And he did good. Sense of the moment, it seems yeah, like. He did good. Man. It wasn't too big for him. No. He understood it. There hasn't, and, and that's what's good about it. I haven't seen a moment that's been too big uh, this year for him. No, I mean, I mean, every time we have a possession toward the end and we need to score, I always walk up to him because it started Michigan State when, I, when we had the last possession. Hey, partner, we run a lot of time right now. Yeah, yeah. Wants to, can yeah, you do something really for me? Can, can you help the coach out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, at the end of the game there, with the last you know possessions we have, I said, you know, this clock's kind of we, – can we score? Can, and then, you know, he throws, he throws the one and he walks yeah. over to me and says, that good enough? I said, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> that, that'll work. That'll work. 300 pass attempts this year. He's thrown two picks. Yeah. Two. And one was a Hail Mary. And one was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Now, I say all that. Let's get through this game, you know. Let's don't jinx him. Indeed, it would seem normally, normally, after you've had an exhilarating win, you might be concerned about an emotional letdown uh, the following week. Given the identity of your next opponent, however, I've got to believe that's not a concern. Well, it's good to have Chase and Tyler here, be, you know, because they're part of that group that has played in this game. It was my first experience last year, and it's quite an experience, to be quite honest. And, oh, and yeah. it doesn't matter what the record is. It really doesn't. Um, there, there's, there, there's emotions by, by, by both fan bases. That place will be packed. It'll be loud. It doesn't matter which record is. It's just it, it's that kind more. of game, you know, yep. and, and you have to be aware of it. Now, we've got a bunch of young guys that never played in it, and, and their eyes are going to be wide when this thing kicks off, you know. So you got to get ready for it. I anticipate it's going to the fourth quarter. It's not going to be over in the first quarter. It's going to go down to the fourth quarter. Last year it was, you know, one of those games. They had us on the ropes mm-hmm. until the fourth quarter, and we came back 20 points, shut them out, and then they had a chance with a 45-yard field goal to win it. They did. Let's don't forget that now. Mm-hmm. So it's you don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to enjoy being part of it, though. Absolutely. It seems to me, Herm, a wounded rival can be a dangerous rival. Arizona's a wounded team right now. They've lost five in a row. They're four and six. Their defense is struggling. They've fired half of their defensive coaching staff uh, mid-late season. And yet this is a team that has the third-rated running game in the Pac-12 conference, 
uh, a running back in J.J. Taylor that Danny Gonzalez described as a special back today, and two really, they're like your team, they have two really talented quarterbacks. The difference is one of theirs is a senior, Khalil Tate. Yeah, and, and he's a problem because he makes the unannounced play, the one you don't practice because he's a quarterback. And he, when, he's, when he takes off, you, did, you didn't practice that play. When he, when he, when he goes back and everybody's covering, he starts running around. That's, that's like schoolyard, you know, run over there by the Cadillac and get open, run over there by the Chevy and running out, you know. That's what he does. And it's like you can't – it's not announced. You don't practice those plays. In practice. You got all these plays. They run this and run this. When 14's in there, get ready. You know, I'm holding my breath. Every time he drops oh. back, I'm going to throw it. Don't run because when he starts running, you don't know what's going to happen. All you have to, all you have to know is Khalil Tate – in, a, in two years ago, ran a quarterback rushed for 327 yards in one football game yeah. against Colorado. That's quarterback. You said quarterback, right? It's quarterback. That's incredible, isn't it? It's pretty good. He's a real. He's a talented player. He's a talented athlete with a with a with a strong arm. We watched him today. Last year, he threw one on us. He was scrambling around, and the ball traveled 70 yards in the air. 70 yards in yeah. the air. Mm-hmm. That was toward the end of the game. Yeah, when, yeah that was, long and pass. Then it, it, he outthrew the receiver. Yeah, he did. I was like, ooh, he could throw the ball, you know. So He's got see. an arm. And the kid who plays with him, Grant Gunnell, a true freshman. Mm, he's the, a good player. The all-time leading high school passer in the history of Texas yeah. high school football. They, they have their self a quarterback uh, of the future. He's, he's going to be the guy. He's, he's a talented guy, big, strong, very accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they, they kind of play both of them. You know, one plays a quarter, another plays. I don't know how they'll do it against us. We'll yeah. figure that out when we get in here Saturday. But. I would suspect we will see both of them on would, Saturday. I would for assume sure. that. Yeah. Yep. Now you have said this phrase a lot this year, and it's a great one. Uh, you want your players to play with passion and not emotion. And I would imagine in a rivalry game that takes on added importance, doesn't it? Well, it does, and, and you never want a game of, of this magnitude uh, because of the rivalry of it to be marred with fouls. Yeah, you know. That's no. that's bad football. You know, it, it, it fans get excited about that. Nah, nah. I, I, I can remember one day when I was in New York, we had a, we was a practicing, right? And mm-hmm. the fans were out there, and the two guys getting a fight, and the fans were going, that's great. And I said, no, it's not because they both got kicked out of the game. What's so great about that? Yeah. It's silly. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we don't teach fighting. No. Play football. You be, lose a, be, be passionate, but don't be emotional. You and it's it. hard. It's easy to say. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. I get it. I was a football player. I get it. But when you do that, you put yourself in harm's way. Something bad is about to happen because you couldn't control your emotions. I mean, everyone you is put sits yourself in, in, everyone your team sits in, in this room. Way. Everyone is sits in this room. If you're a grown-up, when you make bad decisions, you say, you know, I made an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you do it on the football field, it's going to cost you. You don't usually say, oh, darn, I made a passionate decision. Yeah, no. It's always emotional. Yeah. You know, it's just got to and you know what? I love the fact, once again, and it's been this way most of the time, it's the last game of the year. There have been years when the rivalry game has not been the final game of the season. I don't know why college football messes that up. It's a it should always be the last game. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I played at Cal and Stanford was the last game. Well, Cal, they got another game. They played Stanford. How do you do that? You, that's not, that's yeah. not in the rules. UCLA and you USC play played last, last week. Yeah, you, you play it last. It's always your last game. Now, for USC, it was their last game, but UCLA's playing Cal, game. as it turns out, on uh, Saturday. It's because of this. Television. It's because of television. For those of you listening of at home, Herm is pointing to one of the many TV monitors located in this restaurant, and you're absolutely right. They kind of run the roost. I used to work on television. Yes, I you did. I know, you did how very this, well. I know how this thing works. I did, too, actually, yeah. for 26 years. Did you wear makeup, too? 
I did. I did a little bit, a little rouge. I wore a little rouge, not a lot. I just a little rouge. Elizabeth Arden Toasty Rose. Yeah, I hated that stuff. Get a little powder in between. You know, like right now, after we get off, this lady comes out. She. I think we. I think we reached an all-time low here. Unbelievable. Next, we'll be talking about wardrobes right after this. Oh, I can get into that, too. I know my thumbs, too, now. Yes, indeed. I did a lot of shows with shorts on, and all I had a tie. I was That's right. Everybody said, you're really dressed clean. I said, yeah, don't let me get behind here. I got my shorts on today. I've seen CBS <laughs> White House correspondents that yeah, have had tennis yeah. shorts oh. and suit jackets We had so much on, so. fun doing that sometimes. Oh, oh love boy. it. Unbelievable. You know, even a devil needs time to chill and wear makeup. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Lots more headed your way tonight on this final edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light for the 2019 season. Up next, we'll visit with two great Sun Devils who stayed home to play their college football as junior cornerback Chase Lucas and sixth-year senior safety Tyler Wiley will join us. But first, let's take a timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. On game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the Lyft app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, as we talk Arizona State football on this Wednesday night. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by and join us here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe on this Thanksgiving Eve. It's our final show of the regular season. It's time now to welcome in our two player guests tonight, two gentlemen who come from the Phoenix area and stayed home to play their college football at Arizona State. One is a product of Scottsdale Chaparral High School, who after suffering a season-ending injury in August of 2018, got a medical hardship waiver that allowed him to return for a sixth season of eligibility in 2019. He is one of ASU's Tillman safeties and has been a key member of the Sun Devils' outstanding special teams this year. Please welcome... Tyler Wiley to the show. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Great to see you. Our other player guest tonight, he's been here before. He's a former Chandler High School star in his third season as one of the Sun Devils' starting cornerbacks. He's played some of the best football of his career in the last month and has allowed just one touchdown pass in coverage this season, and that is the best among Pac-12 cornerbacks. He's always been one of our favorite players to chat with. It's great to have Chase Lucas on the show. How are you, Chase? I'm good. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. To both of you. Thank you. Tyler, let's start with you. What was your, as a player, what was your favorite memory or best reflection about what happens here on Saturday night against Oregon? Um, You know, just being out there, taking on a team that's so ranked, ranked high like that, uh, you know, just seeing, you know, being underdogs, you know, that's always the best feeling of coming up on top after that. So it was definitely a great feeling. How does it compare with other victories that you've been a part of here at Arizona State? You know, the upsets are always the best best uh, wins, I, in my opinion. You know, always being an underdog, you know, it shows how hard we work during the week. You know, mm-hmm. we take being overlooked as something that makes us work harder and, you know, it uses to our advantage. I think a lot of us who were there uh, harken back to the Washington game back in 2017. How would you compare the two? Um, you know, this one was definitely – the top one you know Oregon's always been one of those teams that had to edge on us some years and Mm -hmm. you know being able to take them out was definitely a great feeling that's a good point and I it's funny I have video on my cell phones of the fans storming the field both times and the storm on Saturday was a whole lot bigger there were a whole lot more people on that field weren't there Chase oh definitely definitely a lot of people how about you what are some of the things you were proudest of Saturday night in your team's play 
Um, honestly, I was really, really proud in our defense. You know, uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been starting out pretty slow and then finishing really, really strong. And I feel like the this was the first game that we kind of got a really, really bad taste in our mouth from that last uh, loss that we had. And mm-hmm. we just came out and just feel like we, if we were going to set an example, we might as well set an example on the Ducks. So I think that's what we did. Coach said uh, on the first segment of the show tonight about the, what he sensed, the quiet confidence in your team. And even I felt, I, I came on this show last week and I said, I don't know if they're going to win, but I think this team is really going to play well on uh, Saturday night. What was your feeling going through practice that week? What did you see that made you think that this result might happen? Everybody was just really, really locked in. Um, you know, our captains, uh, Kobe Williams and Darren Butler, you know, they – they were really, really locked in the whole week and just trying to get us ready, trying to get us prepared. And I feel like uh, we kind of just followed the leader at that point. And then mm-hmm. everybody just took on the role, like I said. Like, if we were going to set an example and we were going to show everybody what we were about, we might as well put them on the number six duck. So, that's, like I said, that's what we did. Absolutely. And Sorry. what was it like for you, Chase? Uh, it, there was a game within a game as you got a chance to go up against one of your former Chandler Wolf teammates, uh, Johnny Johnson, the receiver for Oregon. Mm-hmm. He had a game, didn't he? Ten receptions, 207 yards, two touchdowns. That was a heck of a battle. What was it like? battling in a showcase game like that against a guy you used to play high school ball with? Uh, it's always a blessing, you know what I mean? You always want to see your brothers and your teammates and always succeed and stuff like that. So right before the game has started, I went on my side, and, you know, I knew he was going to be there after studying film and stuff like that. So I told him, you know, I loved him, and, you know, let's have a game. And that, right after that, I tackled him. So it was, just like, <laughs> it was just one of those things, you know what I mean? Like, it's a brotherly love. But, um, yeah. you know, like, like you said, it was a game within a game. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the best of me in some plays. I got the best of him in some plays. And, you know, it was, at the end of the day, it was all love. You know, ABC had a great shot during their telecast, I think, a photo when you were back at Chandler of the two of you in your Chandler uniforms. And yes, uh, that, 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 th- those moments are really special when you can fast forward four years and here you are playing each other in college football. Exactly. And just and the best thing about it was at the end of the game, you know, he's crying and stuff like that. Everybody's coming out from the stands and, and everything. And, you know, me giving him a hug and then me giving him, his, giving him my gloves and stuff like that. It's like that's a real surreal moment at the end of the day, you know. Like yeah. we, both battled, we both battled, but, you know, ASU's on top. We just yeah. let it be known. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, those are the moments you're going to remember 20 or 30 years from now. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Tyler, I still remember I was at practice the night you suffered that injury last August. Uh, you'd worked so hard to put yourself in a position to be the Tillman safety uh, in Coach Gonzalez's defense the first year that he was here, and then the injury happens. What were your emotions like then? How difficult was it to sit out last year? And if you could, what drove you to battle back to be here this year? Um, yeah, it was definitely tough, you know, not knowing if I'd be able to get a sixth year or not. Um, but, you know, watching those guys work every single day and then, you know, putting on a show every week, you know, for in those games, winning those tough games, um, pretty much made me want to work hard to get back. You know, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, you know, maybe two hours a day in rehab trying to get back. And, wow. You know, I came back some weeks and months early, so I was really, you know, happy with that. Yeah, and uh, you've come back big time to play a position that Coach Gonzalez has said is the toughest one to play in his defense, the Tillman. Tell me, give me your perspective of the position. What makes it challenging? What are some of the responsibilities that are required of you? And how do you think, uh, what qualities does it take to play the Tillman? Um, As a defender, it's a little bit of best of both worlds, you know, being able to be in the box and also be deep safety and things like that. Um, You know, this position allows you to do a lot of things as far as blitzing and, you know, kind of being the commander of the defense and, you know, taking control. 
So now, so, some people don't rec- realize this, but my understanding, Chase Lucas, you didn't play defense at Chandler High School. You were an offensive guy, weren't you? Oh uh, yes, sir. I was a running back. I didn't even play a lick of defense no when, I, when I was in high school. Yeah. Wow. Well, he, here's some of his numbers. He had over 2,200 rushing yards in his career at Chandler High, more than 1,000 receiving yards. <laughs> Uh-oh, putting, putting the idea in his head, right? Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. sir. Co- coach is going to let you play offense in the bowl game. Hey, right? one play, that's all I need, Coach. <laughs> that's, that's all you all need. need. How did you transition so quickly and so effectively to becoming a defensive player? What mindset did you have to of you it was hard it, re- it really was you know uh and the biggest thing about cornerback you know is, uh, i'm learning from coach herm is you know you got to play with confidence you really got to play with confidence and swag right it, exactly exactly mm-hmm. and um at the beginning of it, it was really really hard for me to build my confidence when you're going up against a 6'4 225 pound to kill harry every day you know what i mean so <laughs> it was uh it was a struggle at, at the beginning but you know i finally feel like i had locked it in and and at the end of the day, I just wanted the ball, you know. It wasn't about the X's and O's. It was just me getting out there, me strapping this guy up real quick and, you know, having a W at the end of the day with my brother. So that's really how I just kind of transferred into it. And um, I just kind of got comfortable over the years. How crazy good were some of those Chandler High School teams? You played there. You mentioned Nikhil Harry played there. Oregon's uh, Johnny Johnson played there. Bryce Perkins, the former Sun Devil quarterback, now the quarterback at the University of Virginia. Your coach was former, uh, current Sun Devil running backs coach, Sean Aguano. What was that experience like? Those were great teams, man. Yeah, they were. And, um, but it, it, another thing is, like, we all grew up together. We all knew each other within the neighborhoods. We all were playing backyard football with each other. And then, um, we, you know, you grow up to be in these prospects for college. Uh, you you kind of – your options get weighed you know, seeing each other, you mm-hmm. know, me and the kid, we, we always talked about going to college together and playing together and stuff. So when we finally got the opportunity and he committed, you know, I told him, all right, well, it's time to, it's, it's time for me to, you know, commit. And, you know, I, I've been blessed the last uh, four years and really the last two years having Herm here with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, everything, everything's coming together and, and I'm, I'm really, really happy with the position I'm in right now. Yeah, we're happy that you're here for sure. Both Chase and Tyler, as I mentioned, from the area, both played uh, their high school football here. And as a result, Tyler, uh, you know, you knew coming in about this ASU-U of A rivalry. What was your earliest memory of this rivalry? And give us your perspective on it, having been having grown up here in the Phoenix area. Um, you know, being, you know, always seeing people that's on both sides, you know, when U of A fans, ASU fans, you know, I had family friends that were, you know, big U of A fans. And then, you know, it was kind of hard being recruited out of, you know, high school from both schools, you know, telling those family friends that, you know, I was going somewhere else. So that was kind of tough on them. But uh, it's always been a strong rivalry. You know, I've been a part of uh, five games. So I've lost some and I've won more. But, you know, that's the most uh, exciting thing this year is coming out on top. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Chase, what's your perspective on the rivalry having grown up here in Chandler? Uh, uh, it, it, I've never really was like a a big ASU or U of A fan, you know what I mean, because my family's from the Midwest moving out here. and uh, But um, I never – I don't like them. I'm just going to keep it real, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I've, had some, I've had some bad taste in my mouth from them uh, the past couple of years. And like Tyler said, you know, I've won more than I've lost with them and plan to go get another one on the, on the win chart uh, on Saturday. What are your memories? You, you've won the two games the last two years, one at home in 2017 and that great comeback in Tucson in 2018. What are some of your memories of those games? Man, I think the biggest the, the biggest memory I had was uh, I had to go uh, and get like an injury, you know, looked at. 
So I, when I went into the uh, locker room and I came back out. Which game was this last this year? Was, yeah, last in year's Tucson? game. Last okay. year's game. And I came back out and I saw we were down, <laughs> down so much. I was like, wow, okay, well. <laughs> Hop back in the game and we fought, man. We fought really, really hard. But the biggest memory I had was when Tyler Johnson got the fumble. That I knew, like that was when I was like, okay, we're about to come back. We're about to win this game, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. And that, that is exactly what happened. Eno scores on the next play, and then they miss a field goal, and but a boom, but a bing. There you go with a forty-one forty win, one of the greatest comebacks in school history. Yes, sir. Tyler, what's your take on this game coming up on Saturday? What have the coaches been emphasizing about the Wildcats? You know, uh, stopping number 14 pretty much, you know. He's a great player. He's a dynamic. So, you know, we got to prepare, you know, every single day. And, you know, we want to come out on top, so we got to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not only the U of A game. It's going to be your senior night. What do you sense will be the emotions? What do you sense will be your feeling when you take the field for the final time? Uh, Just great emotion. You know, it's it's been a a long ride, but it's been a great ride. You know, I wouldn't change anything for anything. And, uh you know, looking back, I don't want to have any regrets on anything. You know, I just want to go out there and play hard and, you know, most importantly, beat them. And, Chase, I think you want to send the scene out on a high note, don't you, besides beating the Wildcats and oh, going to a bowl game? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, the seniors are important to this team, and I love them very much, and Tyler knows the way I feel about them. And there's going to be a lot of emotion on Saturday. Two great Sun Devils, won't you say? Chase Lucas and Tyler Wiley. Thanks, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Great to see you. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, you'll meet ASU football's head sports performance coach when Joe Connolly will drop by for a visit. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. This season, we're airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light on Facebook Live. For fans who can't join us at the Lodge, you can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. Also new this season, fans, you can keep up with our ASU Radio play-by-play team on Twitter and Instagram by following at SunDevilPBP. I'm Tim Healy, and as we continue with tonight's show, it's time for us to welcome in one of the members of Herm Edwards' football staff at Arizona State, Any college football team needs its players to be in tip-top shape to be able to perform to the best of their abilities on the field. And our guest tonight is the man who gets and keeps the Sun Devils ready to perform week in and week out. He's now in his second season at Arizona State and has had previous stops at Massachusetts, Louisville, and South Carolina, where he spent seven years on the staff of the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Let's welcome to the show ASU football's head sports performance coach, Joe Connolly. Joe, great to have you here. Great thank to have you at Arizona State. Thank you, Tim. It's, it's, it's my, my pleasure. It's awesome. You were at UMass uh, your home, in your home state of Massachusetts, and you get the call to join Her- Herm Edwards' staff. What were the factors that led you to come out west? Well, number one, um, I think it was maybe minus 10 when I did get the call, so that had a lot to do with that, it. I was going to say, that's, yeah. the, that, that's the deal maker right there. For sure. Yep, absolutely. My wife, she she stayed and packed up the house while I came out to the desert, so it was a lot of fun. Now, we mentioned your time at South Carolina working for Steve Spurrier. In fact, I understand that when you were there, you were 5-2 and two against your in-state rival, Clemson. Uh, give us your insight of the ASU-U of A rivalry from your brief experience here, how it compares with Clemson, South Carolina. You were at Louisville. They would, they would play Kentucky usually every year in football. And who was UMass's big arrival? 
UConn was the was their big rival, and then also Harvard Yale. I was there. You go. I was with uh, Harvard as well. So um, been around some some pretty historic rivalries. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is as intense, as passionate as anyone I've been around. Obviously, last year was my first experience with it, um, that, and, and to have a game go the way that game went you could see the energy get sucked out of that stadium, you know, right around that fourth quarter when we started scoring. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And I would think really cool for a person in your position because it seems to me all the hard work that you do with these guys all year round is you can't manifest it any better than when your team is able to come from behind in the fourth quarter of a rivalry game like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, anytime you're able to – physically dominate somebody at the end of a game that that's a that's a positive situation you know and and this year we've been very fortunate in the second half and in the fourth quarter to to be able to do that yeah. and and um that's something we hang our hat on yeah for sure now a few years ago a position like yours as with a college football program would generally be referred to as strength coach but Today, there's a lot more to your job than simply having the players lift, right, uh, lift weights several times a week. So much more than that, as your job title implies. Give us a sense of all that goes into being a head sports performance coach these days. Yeah, you know, the, it's been such a, a, a fast rise in this profession. You know, you look back 20 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of strength coaches uh, around. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it's not just the weights. It's not just the sets and reps. There's, you know, there's technology. There's analytics. There's um, the science behind everything. We're just now starting to figure out that a lot of what we've been doing over the last, you know, ten or five years, it, it, you know, some things might be wrong, some things might be right, but you have to stay up on it because all that information is coming at you so fast now that we're understanding the human body a lot better. And in that vein, it's now gotten to the point where you have almost different protocols in terms of conditioning and strengthening, strengthening for different position groups, don't you? For sure. So in the weight room, we train based on training age. So we're not going to train an 18-year-old the same way we train a 22- or 23-year-old. Um, the human body adapts to stimulus in different ways. And, you know, if you continually do the same thing over time, there won't be an adaptation. It'll, it, you'll stay the same or you'll get worse. Mm-hmm. So you have to change things up a little bit more often for somebody that's a little bit older, um, a little bit more peak and valley to the training in the weight room. Obviously, on the field, all of our running is position-specific. Um, so, you know, a wide receiver is not going to be running the same yardages as an offensive lineman or doing the same drills. That, that wouldn't make any sense. But the weight room is general, meaning the – characteristics and we're trying to elicit are hypertrophy bigger muscles strength and then obviously power the ability to generate speed with that strength Mm -hmm. Um, on the field there's so much technique involved uh, footwork and every position is different so Mm -hmm. you know obviously we have to talk a lot with the position coaches find out what they like because everybody teaches things different so you know one of our jobs is to make sure that we're teaching it the same way the position coaches and the head coaches teaching things so that there is no, you know, breaking communication for the player. They understand things. Now, in that vein, I understand that you have a, a significant aspect of your day-to-day work with the football team is something known as the catapult system. 
Uh, it's a device, as I understand it, that you use with the players every day of practice. It helps chart certain information that's of value to the coaches. Tell us about that. Yeah, it, Catapult is a GPS system. Um, I've actually been using it since 2009 at South Carolina. And a lot of the schools around the country have, have went this direction. Basically, I can look at everything from a single foot plant how much force was generated, um, what the angle was, all the way to how many yards somebody ran in a practice. So, for example, like a wide receiver, typical yardage in in a practice that that we have anywhere between 4,500 and 6,000 yards. Um, And what that does for us is it allows us to prepare for the demands of the game. So we know that – if we're only running 4,500 yards of practice over and over and over again, and we run 7,500 yards in a game, mm-hmm. we need to increase the workload of, the, of that player so they're prepared for that game on Saturday. That's incredible. That's uh, great information. How much or how often are you able to work with the players outside the uh, realm of the regular season? Uh, 12 months of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're – so. When it's not spring football or camp or in-season, we have what's called an eight-hour rule. So basically we work four days a week, two hours a day. Um, typical schedule for us is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday being a recovery day. Um, normally we have two different groups. So we have our offensive players work together. Mm-hmm. Um, within that two hours there will be a run component or conditioning component and then a weight room component. And – to break it down even further, within that, there's groups inside of that group. So there's a developmental lift group. There's a, a what we call a SEAL lift group, which is mostly sophomores. Mm-hmm. And then we have our Delta lift group where we sprinkle in a little specificity where it's front seven and then outside the box. So all that's going on within that two hours. Um, and then the defense comes in shortly thereafter mm-hmm. and does a similar program but but different because – the sport demands different things out of them. Right. Now, when you step and take a long or a, a big picture look at this program right now, how would you – what's your sense of the conditioning, the strength of this Arizona State football team? Well, we're a young football team. We're extremely talented in, in, in the game of football, the specificity of it. My job is mostly general. So we can develop the physical body and the mind, and then the football coaches develop the technique and the specificity of it. Um, and, and what we are right now is very advanced in the specificity. We're continuing to advance in that general portion. And this season, quite frankly, I've trained this team harder than any other team in my career in season because we're so young and we can handle it. So we're putting money in the bank for the future. That's how I look at it. There you go. And when you think of all the work you do and do it 12 months of the year, What's the feeling of gratification like for you as a strength and conditioning coach on that sideline watching these these kids beat Oregon the other night like they did? Well, we expected to beat Oregon, quite frankly. I mean, people were asking me people were asking me all week long, you know, what yeah, what, what's going to happen? What do you think? And I'm a superstitious guy. I just had a feeling. You know, and I'm watching our preparation. I just had a feeling. I talked to coach about it. We said think we're gonna be okay you know i I didn't i don't want to say anything but it it means a lot it means a lot because i know the amount of work that they put in um we all do and 
we as as sport performance coaches spend so much time with them just day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's incredibly rewarding. I, I haven't been to work a day in my life. Yeah. That's, not, not even close. That's the wish I'd have for every human being, that mm-hmm. their, their job is their passion, and they, yep. they don't feel like they've ever been to work a day nope. in their I get life. to wear shorts every day and a T-shirt, and That's I get right. to you know, help young men, in this case, develop into better men. Now, as a Massachusetts native, I'm guessing you're probably a Patriots fan, and how cool was it to see one of your former Arizona State Sun Devils, Nikhil Harry, yeah. get his first career touchdown last week, and the Patriots went over the Dallas Cowboys? I tell you what, it was really cool, and, and – um, I've been away from New England for so long. I had the you know the two year stint in UMass that kind of got me back in that that mojo. But um, I'm a fan of teams that I have former players on. So I you know I have Stephon Gilmore, mm-hmm. who's arguably the best corner in the NFL at this point, and and Nikhil Harry, who I think has the the potential to be one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. And I talked to Stephon a lot, and he was telling me he said. Number 15, Nikhil, he practices harder than any wide receiver I've ever been around. He's a physical presence, and I told him that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And, and so those two guys that I've coached are just making each other better at the next level. That's really cool. That's rewarding. That, that is really rewarding indeed. Great to have you on the show, Joe. Thanks so much. No, and continued awesome. success to you at Arizona State. Thank you, Tim. Joe Connolly, Sun Devils uh, head sports performance coach, our guest tonight on All Aboard. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to Saturday's rivalry showdown with the Wildcats. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Thanks for joining us tonight on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light as we talk ASU Sun Devil football for the final time this regular season on this Thanksgiving Eve. You know, every devil needs a time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Time for our two-minute drill as we wind down this evening's broadcast with Coach Edwards. In addition to Saturday being the 93rd renewal of the Sun Devils football rivalry with Arizona, it'll also be Arizona State's Senior Day. And I believe it's a number close to 17 Sun Devil seniors who will play their final home game on Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field Saturday night. What's that day like for you, Herm, as a coach? Uh, is it emotional, or can you not allow yourself to get emotional? You no, know, it's an emotional mess for a lot of these guys. And, yeah. and I learned that last year. It's the first time I've gone through it as a right. head coach. right. I can remember standing at the end of the tunnel with Manny, and he's crying. Oh, jeez. I'm like, Manny, get over it, man. We got to play. <laughs> we <came to> play. <laughs> you got to do this. <laughs> but I think it's great for the parents. Um, we do such a great job with our athletic department um, and with our academic study department that most of these guys have graduated. Some of them working on uh, mm-hmm. their, their, their senior, you know, their, their masters, the yeah. time they get to this point. Um, but I, I think for a lot of them, they realize that, and I'm going to present this to him Friday uh, or Friday night in the meeting. This will be the last time that these guys will ever play in the stadium again. I mean, when they come back, they'll be a fan. Mm-hmm. They'll, never, they'll never touch the grass again as a player, and, and that's important. You always want the seniors to go out on top, yeah. uh, and, and that's very important. And I, understand, I understood that um, when I was at San Diego State. You know, mm-hmm. my last home game was my last home game. Now, yeah. I came back in that stadium as a pro football player, mm-hmm. but never a college football player. And I, I think sometimes we lose sight of that. You know, that these guys have played football their whole lives, high school. They go to college. They graduate. 
they have a lot of them have aspirations to play in the National Football League, but their their football career is going to end, and yeah. it's over. Yeah, you you don't get to play. There's no other league. So right. you're in the big leagues, or you go on with your life's work, mm-hmm. and that's reality. And and I think that emotion is tied into this. Their families are there. Um, they've graduated. What I like is standing back in the tunnel, and when they come through there and their parents are there at the other end of the tunnel of the line with the players, and, and just the emotion that the parents have for the young for, for their son. I get to talk to them, actually, at six. I address them, you mm-hmm. know, just the parents in, mm-hmm. in, in the meeting room, and it's, it's quite an emotional day for everybody. Yeah. There, I'm a huge fan of the movie Rudy about the uh, walk-on from Notre Dame. What yeah. a great film that was in 1993, I think it came out, and there's a scene in it where ironically dan devine's character who later of course who coached at arizona state at one time where he's addressing the irish in the locker room before what proved to be their final game of that season and just the line where uh dan devine's character said you'll remember this moment for the rest of your lives and that's what i would tell every senior when they go out on that field they will never forget it no and in, in, in your whole college career kind of flashes before you it really does you know that I graduated from here. I played football here. Mm-hmm. When I come back into the stadium, I'll be a I'll be a fan of the team, but I don't get to play anymore. Yep. What will the legacy be of this senior group? Boy, I, I was looking at the list today. My goodness, what impactful players! Guys like Tyler Wiley, who's here, Cole Cabral, Steve Miller, Tommy Hudson, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Williams, uh, Roy Hemsley, Kalen Curse Thomas, Roe Wilkins. George Lee, God love him, hurt his knee two yes. weeks ago. Uh, Kobe Williams, uh, Darian Cornet, who's been great on special teams. I hope I, I may have forgotten somebody. I didn't mean it. Uh, what an impactful group. Huh? I, I think this, and sometimes fans lose sight of this, um, when you hire a new coach, he comes in, and um, there's this plan of, of, of trying to build it with young players. They have to be the leaders of a bunch of freshmen. And they're thinking, can we win games with these guys? Because mm-hmm. they're actually going to play. We played 32 freshmen, either red shirt or true freshmen. That remarks. Well, the yeah. seniors got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. They got to say, well, this is my last year. I, I want to win, right? They got to lead. And, these and they got to be good enough to understand it. Okay, I get it. But their character comes out in situations like they're not selfish. You know, they get it. The program is bigger than them. Mm-hmm. That's what they understand, and and, and that comes from home. Now, that's come from a good family and, and an understanding that you know this thing is bigger than all of us. This is about the program. It's bigger than me. Yeah. It's bigger than anybody, and and so we're trying to build something. But they got to live with it because they're yeah. playing with a bunch of freshmen. Yeah, and they're going. These guys don't even know how to, coach. They don't even know how to get dressed yet. Right? <laughs> hey, you got to help them. It's right? everything. There's so is, many of them. It's all for the greater good. And it is. three, four, five years from now, when you win a Rose Bowl championship, a Tyler Wiley can watch at home and yeah. say, I was a part of that. And he has been tremendous. He has been tremendous. You think about that. You're a senior, and you're dealing with a bunch of freshmen, and you're helping them learn how to play special teams. You're talking to them how to line up on defense. You know, and, and, and they're playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's, that, that's something that's incredible. But we got some great character guys on our football team, especially the seniors. Do we ever. Our radio coverage of the rivalry game starts at 6 p.m. Saturday evening with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show. Broadcast time for the game itself, 8 o'clock on Saturday night. This being our final show of the year, some thank yous. Engineer producer Sean Crespin. 
ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director for Football Operations, Tim Cassidy, Cody Fincher of the Sun Devil Radio Network, the great folks at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, and all our great Sun Devil fans who've joined us here for every show all season long. Most of all, thank you, Herm Edwards. What a delight to work with you again this year. Good luck against the Wildcats on Saturday night. Thank you, folks, for joining us all season long. Till we meet again, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.